0: Hello, everybody. It is Nick here. Welcome to Scale Up with me for another week. And we are up to part three in the mini-series that I've been doing recently on breaking through business growth. Now, if you remember, back to episode one or part one, I said that I like to think of business in different dimensions. And I wanted to be very clear with people because I've been asked a lot about what are the stages that a business goes through when it's growing, when it's scaling and more importantly when it's building value so that someone can decide if they want to to exit that company and create a liquidity event or they can simply build the business in a way that they can exit themselves from it and have more freedom in their life as well as income as well as something that has value that they may want to exit in the future. So we're up to part three, which is expanding value. So just to reiterate, for those of you who are coming to this podcast for the first time, go back, go back to, uh, where is it? Uh, Episode 324, where we're talking about the startup phase. Then it was episode 326, which was about the scaling up phase. And now here we are today on episode 328, which is about expanding value. Now, expanding value out of all of the phases is my personal favorite. And there's a few reasons for that. Most people think that they start a business, scale a business, and then potentially exit or whatever else. They don't realize that this phase of expanding value you know, actually exists. And in fairness, it is something that is quite unique to private equity. It is something that the PE firms do exceptionally well. And I have talked about elements of this on the show previously when I've tried to demystify this world of private equity. And certainly when I work with clients one-to-one, when I do exit strategy workshops and things like that, we focus a lot on this area because it's kind of the center point, if you like, the core of what I call the private equity playbook. So what I'm going to go through today is the key elements of what this expanding value stage is. And I'm also going to go back a little bit on some previous things that I spoke about earlier in the series around where this kind of makes sense versus everything else. So firstly, to kick off, value expansion in private equity sometimes is called the buy and build approach because it really is about how you start to bring you know, companies together to create a group. So the, the, the center, if you like, of value expansion is strategic growth, and that's really about mergers and acquisitions, but there's more to it than that. So the way to think of this, when you're scaling, we're going through different uh, areas of process and people. We're talking about how we think about culture. Everything's about systems and automation. It's really about the, the machine that you start to build, certainly as the founder, the CEO, to you know, ensure that you're not really the bottleneck anymore, Okay, that you're, you're having the business run and, and creating you know, value, improving performance through the structure and the people that you have brought into your organization, okay? When you get into value expansion, it's all about really one word, and that word is optimization, right? Optimizing everything that you've built to date. So we wanna optimize growth. I'm gonna talk in a second about organic and strategic, the differences between those different types of growth. We have this transition of the leader, the CEO being more external, you know, having more of an external perspective and focus. And that is key. One of the things that I often help people with, you know, who've got a business at a certain stage is how they can start to extract themselves from the day to day. What that simply means is that the CEO, when they're in the value expansion phase, is much more focused on You know, looking at kind of what's going on in the market around them, looking at kind of the external customer landscape, thinking more about strategic partnerships, alignments, and of course, starting to build up for the next phase of the business, which is the platforming phase, which is the point where a lot of founders actually achieve an exit so we're not talking about an exit in value expansion but we are talking about preparing and positioning the business for exit at this phase now the other thing i like to think about here is that if this is all about optimization and to some extent leverage it's about creating this repeatable predictable sustainable machine this performance that if you were going to kind of project or cast this into the future it's going to continue and continue and continue, and you might say to me, "Listen, Nick, you know how do you, how can you be so sure of that? Where there's so much disruption, there's so many other things going on in the market, and the speed of change is you know quicker than it's ever been." Well, it goes back to the point I said before: if you have the CEO, specifically the CEO, the founder, the leader of the business, being more externally focused. And indeed, you have some people within the leadership team also doing that. So it might be your president, the business, the CFO, sometimes the COA. If they're they're starting to look broader and wider, operating at that 30,000 foot view, which I like to say, then by having that view and by seeing into the future, by having your, your fingers in lots of different things that are going on, you can start to sense about how you need to change, evolve and pivot a business so that you can kind of sustain that performance. Now, it sounds simple when I say it, much harder to do emotionally. And by emotion, I mean that lots of founders who have had a high degree of success put a lot of that success down to what they've achieved and they find it hard to let go. But this stage is very much about letting go. And if you're gonna sell your company, right, for a lot of money in the future, it's all about the ability of it being transferable. So value expansion is the phase where not only are you optimizing growth, But you are absolutely building, dare I say it, doubling down on what is called transfer value. Now, transfer value is when you've created an entity, an asset that can be transferred to someone else. Okay, so all the value you've created. In fact, what I like to say is it might be the right time that you've taken the business by yourself, right, as the founder, as far as you can take it before you need to start thinking about having other partners around you. Now, an exit is not always an event where you say goodbye right off into the sunset, go and buy your island somewhere. Quite often an exit is really about bringing in a new partner. Now that new partner is gonna bring in investment, certainly if they're a private equity firm. Um, they're also gonna bring in strategic connections. They're gonna bring in other people who can help in the next phase of growth. And the good private equity firms that I've worked with That's 100% what they focus on. So what I like to say here is don't think about what you're doing here as being the ends. It's really about getting yourself as prepared as possible to bring in a new phase of partnership, more help to take the business to the next level. Now, what I'll say here is um, just a bit of a share really from a session I ran with a client recently. We talked a lot about vision and mission we talk specifically about how big a vision should be and how far into the future it should go. Now, my personal view is a vision should be something that is right out there. It should be how you see the world, how you see the world evolving and changing, what you want to be able to um, influence. Now, your mission is exactly what you do to actually make that vision become reality. But if you have a vision which is, let's say 10, 20 years into the future, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? This is about significant change then you know it's very likely that you're not going to be around to see the full extent of that vision manifest. Now a lot of leaders that I work with don't get this. They think, well, my vision is, you know, build this business, create incrum, create value and then exit it and all that. No, I'm not talking, that's different. That's a, that's an outcome that you want to achieve by, by building a great business. No doubt. You know, certainly one of the things I love helping with. But what we're talking about here is a little bit different. What we're talking about here is the impact that you're making through your business in the world. Now, think of it like this. When a business, you know, builds up to a certain level and it brings in capital, it invests that capital, it starts to go after bigger things, it buys companies, bolts, or creates these groups. There's a point where you just start to become too valuable. And quite often a, a founder will sort of exit or liquidate some value and then the business will continue under new ownership, new leadership, all the way up until it becomes So big that it's very difficult to keep investing through the private markets, you know, private capital markets, and that's quite often when a business becomes public. So people, people also ask me, oh, you know, you know, when should I IPO? Well, you know, an IPO is not necessarily an exit; it's a capital raise, and quite frankly, there's there's a lot of confusion about this. And my personal opinion is, if you're going to IPO, you should IPO at a point where you've started to exhaust the private money. And if you look at some of the really amazing companies that are worth, dare I say, it, billions or hundreds of billions now, they've gone through the cycle of taking in investment all, all the way back from sort of seed investment at startup through maybe some venture capital from startup to scale up, all the way through to private equity investment when they're going through value expansion and platforming. And then eventually they, they get up to the, the blackstones of this world where they're buying companies for billions of dollars. And then from something like that, some of the biggest private equity firms in the world, they will then IPO because that's the next logical step in this evolution. Now, there is a a very strong link between the amount of money that you have to then bring to be able to create a business of that size and scale and value, and the idea that you are also moving towards a bigger vision. So the best way for me to summarize this is that in this value expansion phase, you are starting to look at the vision, right? You're starting to really see it and you're starting to make that shift to realize that you may be part of only a few points of the achievement of that vision. And quite frankly, you know, if you have to then leave at some point and someone else takes the baton from you and can do something bigger with it, maybe something that, you know, you don't have the experience for now, there's nothing wrong with that, right? That's, you know, think of the the impact that you've created just by the fact that you started this thing. Okay. And you see that happening all the time. The classic case is when Google got to a certain point and Larry and Sergey had to bring in a different person to take it to the next level. And then of course, Google's gone on to be one of the most impressive and certainly one of the largest um, businesses, organizations in the world. Okay. So value expansion, again, just to summarize, it's about optimizing growth, organic and strategic. It's about having that bigger 30,000 external view It's about creating something that has repeatability, predictability, sustainable performance that you can project and forecast into the future, and it's about building that transfer value. Now, as I said, I want to go back and talk about growth or optimizing growth here so people really understand this. Super important in this phase. Organic growth, as I define it, is really dialing in your product service proposition, your marketing, and your conversion, your sales. Okay, so it's about... Making sure that you have a product and service that is remarkable, solves a very specific problem to your identified market, and it's about having efficient customer acquisition channels. Okay, so that could be paid acquisition, that could be um, uh, content-driven acquisitions, like you know leveraging social media. It can be to some extent affiliate partnerships and things like that because that's also a form of paid acquisition, and it's certainly about building your own list. So. Anyone who's out there thinking that the paid channels are, are the way to go forever, they are certainly in the in the beginning, but you want to be able to build a very vibrant list that you can continue to build a relationship with and nurture over time. So whenever I'm going in to look at a business at this phase, I'm looking for diversity across their customer acquisition channels. I'm looking for metrics all the way through. I'm looking for fantastic understanding of sales conversion, right? And all of that comes you know, from really understanding your market and your customer. The next phase though is the strategic phase. And this is super important when we're talking about um, the private equity playbook because this is where the, the the acquisitions come in, right? The strategic acquisitions, mergers and acquisitions. The secret here is not to do this too early. So a lot of people kind of want to, you know, scale via acquisitions when they are subscale themselves. And, and as I've said, you know, a lot of times when I speak on stage and whatever else, you can't add an extra story to a house that's built on poor foundations. You can't do the loft conversion, you know, otherwise the whole thing's going to collapse. So you've got to make sure that you have some of these other things, the organic dialed in, the other foundations dialed in, the processes, the systems dialed in. And then when you go in there and look to acquire other businesses, it's much easier firstly to be able to go out there and identify ones that are going to add value to what you're doing. And it's also going to be easier to see where they can fit through integration. So you don't have any of this wasted time or additional costs when you do that. But in value expansion, you really need to be looking for that next phase of growth through acquisitions. You don't always have to do it, right? But you have to have the plan. So when you start to build to exit and you bring on that strategic partner that I was talking about beforehand, quite often it is about, you know, understanding that you have the platform, and we're going to talk about that in stage four, but you have the platform that can scale more assertively, dare I say, aggressively through these strategic levers, okay? So acquisitions, definitely more strategic partnerships, and to some extent, you know, geographic expansion comes into this phase two, okay? So you're starting to look at this as a way of compounding value And I like to think that organic growth plus strategic growth can bring about exponential growth. And exponential growth is where you have the compounding effect of growth over time, over a reduced time frame, So the compounding effect means that you grow significantly quicker than any of the growth you are really experiencing even through startup and scale-up. You have fast growth in startup, but this is a different type of growth. This is a growth which is not about revenue per se, it's about revenue, but also profit, which is increasing value. This is also the phase, right, where a lot of founders start to make more money. They start to make more personal income because they're increasing the profit or the EBITDA of the business. And some you know, will come to me and go, hey, I don't want to ever sell my business now because I'm making so much money. Why would I do that? But what I say there is that's fine, but realize that you know, you've got to look at the options potentially of that you know, next phase because if someone's going to come and pay 14, 15 times you know, the EBITDA of your business in one hit, then that's something, you know, you shouldn't ignore, particularly if you can roll over some of the equity, like it's called a rollover investment when you sell the business, and then you can have a stake in the new entity with new partners with more capital, and, you know, you can go on and sell your business again if you choose to and be part of that vision piece, okay? So the last thing I want to say here, right, is that leadership changes all the way through these stages of business growth. In the beginning, it's all about growth mindset. I, I talked about the importance of resilience and belief because in the beginning of startup, lots of businesses fail because you know people give up. It's a game of attrition. When you're in scale up, I like to think of it about professional leadership because for the first time, you have to lead through people. Okay? You have to be able to remove yourself from the bottleneck and you have to kind of let go of ego and be comfortable letting go of control, which is always a challenge. When you get into value expansion, this phase three, as I like to call it, or the third stage, it's more about personal leadership, right? Because, you know, you've already built a team. You've had to lead that team. This is about how you lead yourself and different decisions to make. You learn a lot about yourself in the value expansion phase because there are different choices. You've also given yourself more freedom to be strategic and to look externally. You start to think more about impact. Quite often at this phase, you're making a lot of money anyway, so it's not about the fact that you need to make any more. It's about what do you do next. It's at this phase that you have to start to think about your next act. Okay, so this is where you know it frustrates me a lot when people go from scale up straight to an exit, but they haven't worked out what they're going to do next. If you haven't worked out what you're going to do next, you can sabotage the kind of next phase. So this is where if you want to be more philanthropic, if you want to be more entrepreneurial, start another business, if you wanna become an acquisition entrepreneur, if you wanna partner with other people and co-invest, whatever it is, you need to work that out through this phase because it's partly about recognizing you've built something amazing already and it's partly because the next phase when you go into the exiting side, the platforming side is where you are gonna have to lean into those different choices. Okay, so I'm gonna leave it there. I hope you enjoyed this. This is part three of my little mini series about breaking through business growth. We've covered so far the startup, scale up and value expansion and then we're going to get into platforming for the last final stage of this series as i always say be grateful be brave have faith show up and if you've got any questions or if you're liking this please leave me from be back because it always helps the show hey thank you for listening to this episode of scale up with nick bradley or to find out how you can get more help in scaling up your business and your life, click the link in the show notes now to learn about our coaching, mentoring, and mastermind programs. See you soon.